0: Paranormal Fridays, join Angel and Mike. Let us twist your ear for a moment and share some quality time together talking about the passionate topics within the paranormal spectrum. A loose, fun approach to learn and relate to all our childlike wonderments of the beautiful mysteries of the paranormal. And now, I welcome you all to this Paranormal Friday. Hello, and I am Mike Walker
1: and I am Angel Thacker. Welcome Welcome to to Paranormal Paranormal Friday. That was, that was all right, That we could have done better, you know, but it's okay. It's the first time we try to do it together and see
0: what happens when you try,
1: try to do things. (laughs) 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 Wow, everybody, welcome to Paranormal Friday. This is so exciting to be here again. I hope you guys enjoyed, um, all the fun stuff we've done by expanding Paranormal Friday. Um, and today we want to keep the energy going, we want to keep the ride going with fun topics. So, what are we talking about tonight?
0: Tonight hmm. we're talking about near death experiences. Ooh, NDEs.
1: Ooh, NDEs. <laughs> <for the> <laughs> <laughs> yeah going to just acronym everything out there's just going to be an acronym that's that's our goal in life so near death experience that's a good topic it's such a an interesting topic because it happens um a lot you know people would be surprised how many times a, a person almost departs and then comes back and there's all kinds of interesting interpretations of of what happens so God, where do we begin? I don't even know where to throw the dart into the map to start the conversation. Where do you start when you talk about near death experience?
0: Well, we can either start with our our own personal or someone that actually put it on a different level of a map for for us to yeah to explore. Yeah, well,
1: I, guess, I guess I I could kind of talk about what it what it means to me because it's like the first thing you got to think about, I guess, is that we are. Um, an, a being that exists outside of this, this human container and that when we're born um, those of us that believe in this process of spirit, we're born the, the being goes into the container right? right? And then we when we depart the, the the being comes out of the container to go on and do whatever it is that your belief system believes that we do so in a normal, in in whatever kind of normality, I guess that would mean you're born, you go in, and then when your time is done, you go out. And sometimes people go out and it's not time. It's too early, right? Right. And and it doesn't even have to be by mistake. I've heard stories where people have um, health incidents And they're departing and the EMTs come in and do work on them and then they come back. Right. And so that's kind of interesting. You know, I I go both ways on that. Um, As a medium, I totally get that. But as a human being, (laughs) part of me, it's wild. You know, it's, it's it's just kind of a wild thing to think that inside you is you Mm -hmm. and in the special circumstances, you are no longer in here. You're out here somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's we're talking about life and death, you know. It's yeah. it's it's pretty dra- dramatic. You can't get any more surreal than that. Um, you know, I, I've had a few cases where I came close to, close to dying. Um, I don't have any of those dramatic stories that that you hear where where people uh, describe, you know, getting to a cer- certain uh, point, like you just described, and having a, a voice in her head say, it's not time, you know, not here, not now, you know, not, nothing dramatic like that for me. But how about you?
1: Well, you know, I I have an incident. Um, this was years ago, way, way back in the back in the day, where there was an automobile accident. And um, in the automobile accident, I remember um, looking down on the vehicle i had that distinct memory looking down at the vehicle and kind of i was floating um i occurred light it was cold but i wasn't cold i don't even know how to describe that it was cold but I wasn't cold and it was um
0: whoa that's interesting
1: it was very um tunnel like and i remember looking down seeing the car and um uh, my daughter was in the car, she was a little girl, and I had somebody else in the car. We were on our way to a studio to record some 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 tracks. And um I remember going, Oh my God, I'm dead. And then I said, No, I'm not. And then shoop, I was back, and I was just sitting there like, what happened? You know, and it was just a really strange experience because I wasn't like, crumbled. I hadn't gone through the windshield. I didn't have like a real traumatic physical event. I just kind of hit the steering wheel a little bit, I say a little bit. My car was total. I had a, a a van. It was totaled in this accident. And um everybody was fine, but I remember that. I distinctly remember that. And for me, in my mind, I had a near-death experience and it might have just been the tra- the trauma of the accident itself my daughter in the van and it's and i had somebody else's kid in the van with me and it was it was intense so um i didn't have that bodies all beat up emt's working me i'm in the emergency room and somebody i didn't have that experience either but i i, I distinctly remember the, the hovering and looking down the way you see it represented in movies i, I distinctly remember that
0: The way you describe cold, but not really cold, is it just kind of triggered me a little bit because uh, a little off topic. But when I was standing underneath that UFO, that's kind of how I describe you know the way my body felt when I was standing there, stiff like a soldier, looking straight up. Was that's how I describe it, Angela? It's it, it felt like I was I was cold, but not that cold to where I'm shivering, just enough to where my body was trying to warm itself. You know from the core you know like it was busy and and what a lot of people tell me is that sounds a lot like like an electrical magnetic kind of deal going on and who knows that might have something to do with you know when, when we start to flirt with the with the other side you know well, i think there's well, a real fine line there
1: well the <laughs> thing is that makes sense because the whole process of being a living being is electrical Process. So if you're in a situation where your heart's not being anymore, there's no blood circulating into your system. Um, your your organs are starting to shut down, I can totally and you're still connected to your body because you haven't, you know, transitioned. Um, I could totally get the feeling of coldness. And then when you're with a loved one after they've departed, they're cold. It's just, it's always hit me how cold we are. And because we're not, you know, I've I've been with loved ones in the presentation because we've processed them and like here you are viewing them, but I've also been in the hospital with people as they, as they left and it's just almost immediate when that person's gone, they're just
2: cold. Yeah. This is...
0: It's a whole nother awake. It's, it's just another way to reach, you know, an awakening. There's there's many routes to, to reach to reach these awakenings. And like I always say, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, it's it's one of these dramatic ones, one of these life and death ones where you come really close to death. <clears throat> you know, um, I have one that I don't have a memory of because I was an infant. Um, what I was told was, uh, I, I had a pretty high fever when I was a baby. Uh, they took me into the hospital and they, uh, gave me some penicillin and I'm allergic to penicillin. And I found out the hard way. Apparently, uh, my mom said that I blew up like a big purple balloon. And, uh, they said that if I ever had penicillin again, it would more than likely, you know, kill me. So I don't have any memories of that, but apparently right out, right out the gate, you know, I, I experienced uh, a, close, a close call there. Um, but the one that really stands out for me is, is uh, when I was about uh, six or seven, I was played, playing hide and go seek with my cousin Charlie in Hayward on uh, Mission Boulevard. My Aunt Cindy's house, once again, my Aunt Cindy uh, seems to pop up in a lot of these stories and experiences. My mom and her uh, boyfriend at the time we're in the house uh, doing their thing, whatever they did uh, when they left us kids alone. And uh, me and Charlie had the whole backyard to ourselves, And we decided to play hide and seek. And I saw this really cool place to hide. It was an old refrigerator leaning up uh, in the backyard of the house. Wow. And uh, one of them old school fridges, too, with a with a big old uh, metal handle on there. And so I, I got inside and I thought to myself, oh, man, he's never going to find me. This is awesome. And uh, sure enough, I can hear Charlie out there, you know, looking for me. And I'm inside just giggling away, trying to be quiet, you know, and uh, he kind of gave up and I didn't hear him anymore. So I decided to uh, crack the door open. It was starting to get a little hot. You know, I needed some fresh air. And then I realized that I could not open the refrigerator from the inside at all. But luckily, I did notice some rusty, it was an old fridge. So there was some rusty holes, some really tiny pin drop rusty holes. And I literally put my lips up to them rusty holes without panicking. You know, if I would have realized you know, the the significance of of what was going to happen to me, I probably would have just sucked up every piece of that oxygen that was left in that fridge just out of fear. Uh, but I, I didn't really, you know, freak out. I just remember putting my lips in and trying to just breathe through those cracks. And uh, I have a memory of me just collapsing, someone opening the door the refrigerator door finally. It was my mom's boyfriend. They were getting ready to go. They couldn't find me. And I just come drenching wet. Uh, and I fell into my mom's boyfriend's arms. And I and I remember getting in the back of the car and we're driving home. And my mom is just crying and crying. And I just didn't understand why. I go but mom, you know, I'm okay, you should be happy. But as an adult, now I realize, you know, you know, that's to see your, your child come so close to death while you were, you know, having fun partying, you know, uh, in the house. And, you know, that happened, geez, like I said, I was like six or seven years old. And now there's laws out there, you know, you can't have a refrigerator, you know, facing that way, you know, easily accessible to to anybody, you know, it, it needs to be barricaded. It needs to be a uh, bungee cord and tur- turned around to where that accident, you know, can't happen. But yeah, that was a close call for me for so sure.
2: Do you
1: remember anything that happened when that happened in terms of, you know,
0: this- just the blacking, just a slowly just kind of fading away and getting sleepy. And then all of a sudden, this, the door opens up all this fresh air comes rushing in and i and i'm just collapse into into this man's arms wow and and i must have you know by the time we got to the car i was already wondering why mom's crying you know i didn't yeah. think it was a big deal I, I didn't the, die. on to the next adventure <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and that's and that that's what i did i mean there was a, a point where uh, I remember, uh, in these apartments, I was scaling the balcony one day while my mom and her f- boyfriend at the time, once again, a uh, different guy, they were downstairs by the pool area. And she, I guess she had left me in the, in the apartment by myself. And I found my way out into the balcony. And, uh, apparently I started scaling the balcony. I was on the other side of the protective railings, uh, with no fear, of course. And, uh, I remember my mom and her boyfriend down there talking to me kind of funny, you know, like, why are you talking to me so easy, you know, like, stay right there, you know, I guess she sent uh, her boyfriend in the apartment, and while she kept me uh, distracted, and all of a sudden, I just remember being lifted up by these manly arms, and you know, all of a sudden, yeah, (laughs) yeah manly arms <laughs> <laughs> but i had no idea how close to death i was up there two three stories high just uh scaling the balcony you know no fear there <laughs> but, you know
1: it opens up a different conversation too because you know when you think about the near-death experience most of the time we're talking about um the transition between life and death right there's also the decisions we make that put us in that circumstance and and then who we are you know how resilient children are you know like <laughs> just thinking about it I, I was watching football this weekend and they were getting hit you know it's the playoffs these guys are in it for keeps they hitch they picking each other up and throwing them across and I'm like if somebody just if I saw somebody coming at me in the side of my eye the way these guys are going up I think I would have a near-death experience before they touched me
2: you
1: know these guys are so strong and they're so conditioned their resilience it's like a child you know if if you got locked in a refrigerator today versus that kid back there right you know and it's it's no wonder that we go through these things when you're young when we're young because they're the lessons they're, they're the learning but we're also more open to the receipt you know of information we are so conditioned as we get older right. the social the family the, the work all the conditioning that were like no i don't believe that where kids we're like okay that's cool like you said you get back in the car mom's crying everybody's upset and you're like that was great are we going to baskin robbins you're like ready for the next the next thing you probably did the same thing on the balcony you're like oh man i was playing yeah now i gotta find something else to do <laughs> because you were a kid that's you know why do we not and i'm not asking people to go play in the balcony. but what makes it different when we're older? Why don't we do that when we're older? How do we how do we process do, is that ingrained in you? Do you believe like did you learn a lesson from those two incidents that you carry with you today? whether the lesson is the incident itself or the the conversation with the parent as a result of the incident?
0: It's got to be a little bit of it all and I and I believe I retained a little bit of it all. Uh, I didn't probably learn as much as I should have from these lessons, but, you know, as a child, but as an adult, yeah, like you said, we're just conditioned for, you know, look out for this, look out for that, you know, don't do this, don't do that. And, you know, it's, it's you come across it probably less, less likely, you know, than, than you would as a free spirited, you know, child, um, but, but as an adult. you know it's it still happens you know I, i i remember thinking uh at one point you know when i was i almost drowned when i when i was in the navy i went to hawaii and i said all right let's start visiting these beaches you know and i was out there with the boogie board thinking i was safe because i was close to the shore i hadn't i had no idea what shore break was and these waves were just putting me under putting me under every time i hold my breath i'm thinking okay i can't hold my breath anymore I would reach the surface and grab a breath of air before the next, cra- you know, wave crashed me. And finally, the ocean just threw me out and said, "Get, get the hell out of here!" And um, I remember, I remember it threw me out that shore break. You know, those waves just tumbled me and tumbled me until finally there was no more, you know, water left. It was just sand. And uh, but I remember thinking, so this is this is what it's like to die, because I reached the point where I could not hold my breath anymore. I was about to just take. I felt like I was just about to naturally take in some water. but uh, And, and oh, that wow. was when I was 21. You know, um, I did learn a lesson that time. I, I learned what shore break was. I, I had no idea what shore break was.
1: <laughs> wow. That, you know, when we. When we have these experiences that teach us these lessons in life, you know, it's very tribal in nature. It's like that's how we've always learned as, as, as creatures, right? You know, you make a mistake, oops, and hopefully your mistake didn't cost you your life. Yeah, and then you learn, and then you learn from it. But to me, I feel like people who've gone through near-death experiences, it's almost like um, like a baptism because a lot of them come out in and create a, an empowering conversation around life transformation as a result oh yeah their
2: experience
0: yeah you know and 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 if if you know you you do have these uh experiences of like we said a little bit more dramatic to where you know it's not here not now this is not the time you have yes. to go back you try to explain that to somebody as an experience that you personally experienced. And, you know, you might be told basically, Oh, that's just your, your mind's natural way of dealing with things, you know? Yeah. Like, and, and that's frustrating, you know, cause you know, as a, as humans, we don't want to hear this, you know, when someone says, Oh, it's all in your head. I mean, it you could take it out of context and it doesn't sound very good, but the truth is it, I believe it really is in our head. You know, we keep looking for this physicality about everything, and it's becoming to look more and more uh, cerebral. So I'm beginning to th- believe that you know more than likely it is in our head, especially when you're talking about you know uh, DMT, and from what I gather, you know, it's a natural uh, chemical that that your body makes uh, for for certain purposes, and. A couple of the purposes, from what I gather, are uh, birth and death. You know, you naturally uh, are dumped uh, DMT when you're born, and uh, your mind's dumped full of DMT at the moment of death. And 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 some some people believe that this amount of DMT that that is being uh, dumped into you at these moments is is a tool to actually open the portal for your your spirit for your orb for your spirit's chariot you know for that energy you know that energy that doesn't dissipate it just transforms us the true us um yeah what an awakening that is to come from have you heard the conversations that these people have they're the most loving most open uh have this whole new lease on life and and and, and they've got a great attitude you know because they they've experienced something that's telling them this is real and you know when it happens maybe we shouldn't worry about it as much as we put on it you know it's just another process of life and oh uh, I'll give it a break for a second on that I was with
1: you. I was following you. You were putting on a good show. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> no, So, you know, what, what always kind of impacts me when I listen to people who have the story and I've heard all manner of stories from people who are just like, I was here then I wasn't here. And then I was here again to, I went, I saw grandma, I saw everybody. And then uncle Tom says, Hey, <laughs> not your time. You know, I've, I've, I've heard all the different stories and um the ones that impact me the most are the ones where people say it's not your time. Yeah. Because somebody knew it wasn't your time. Yes. And so it's like you went and and the way to describe it it's peaceful, it's fabulous and you want to stay. Right. I have lost so many loved ones. If I went to sleep and woke up and I was in this place and they were my brothers and my mom and my grandmothers and all these people and my uncles, they were all there. I want to stay. Right. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to stay? And we're in our most. um, Uplifting presence. We're not shackled with all the, the negativities that come with being, a human being. So we are like open to, re- we're like in this loving place. Who doesn't want to stay there? Right. And then somewhere, somebody says, Welcome, it's good to see you. You look great. But you're not yeah. It's not time. You have to go back. And then for many of the people that I've read about and spoken to, their first reaction is, Oh, right. Why do I have to go? And that's a big, loud, loud reality check for me about the condition of this world. Sometimes, like, why do I have to come back? Because you have work to do, and that's and that's the thing, because you have work to do. And that, that work's not always like Mother Teresa or Gandhi. Uh, you well, know? you know, it yeah. doesn't mean that they're here to do that work. It could be as simple <laughs> as you're the postman, and they need to keep getting their mail. Go back and can keep delivering the mail because every, right. every contribution is significant.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. what sits for me. That's awesome. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't have to be this dramatic, you know, oh. because you're going to become a prophet of a nun of a priest next yes. door. To, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, uh it's the subtle things that, that, uh you know, it's a domino effect, you know, you could be part of somebody's spiritual domino effect, you know.
1: Absolutely. That's- Absolutely. And, um, you know, I always talk about Daniel, Daniel Brinkley. He's always my favorite example to give because if you read a story, he's very, I got to meet him years ago um, at a convention and I got to spend like three days with this guy. He's loud, fabulous. He's from the South. He's just real, I guess is the best. <laughs> Am I could assign him that guy? He's real. And he was not the nicest guy. And that's how he puts it. He was selfish. He was kind of a womanizer. He was just not a nice guy. And then one day he was hit by lightning and he was pronounced dead. And then he came back. The thing that that that's so crazy about Daniel Brinkley's story is that he got hit by lightning and pronounced dead three times in his life. And one time, one time he actually woke up, zipped in a body bag in the morgue it. so he was like what the heck and he had to unzip the body bag uh, and get out and like knock on the the, the door like hello guys <laughs> dot dad
0: yeah it's me again
1: it's me sorry <laughs> my bad and i think if i'm correct the um likelihood yeah. of getting struck by lightning is like one in a million or something this happened right. three different times and not in the same day It's like three different times
0: he needs to play the lottery at least i'm trying to tell you right
1: and so with daniel brinkley he went on to become um this speaker of the truth so to speak first he started telling his story he wrote a book then he got hit by lightning again he wrote another book (laughs) (laughs) he started giving lectures And he became, you know, kind of a notable, you know, a celebrity. But the thing that he became passionate about was he would go to hospitals. He built a coalition of people and he would help people that were transitioning into death. He would sit with them and their families and help them through the process. And when I met him, he was just starting that. And I'm like, wow, that sounds amazing. And he asked me if I would like to join. And I was just, I was like 20 something. I'm like, no, nah, it's all right. Ah, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was kind of freaky at the time, but that is so beautiful. Cause how scary is it? You know, I just came out of a medical crisis. And when you're in the hospital and you don't know what's going to happen and the doctors are around you talking about, you know, we think you'll be all right, but there, there's this, your soul is shaking. It's like, oh my God. Am I going to die to have somebody there with you? That's not a priest or nun who's like, let us pray, you know, (laughs) know, confess your sins. You know, it's not that it's like, I've been there and I don't know if it's your time, but I'm here to tell you there's nothing to be scared of. I, I was so impacted by that, that I still think of that guy to this day. Um, I haven't seen him in decades, but I think about him all the time because I think about that.
0: Yeah. Three times. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. The, the, the chances of that are off the charts and what, and, and from what you gathered, he's totally changed, uh, <clears throat> definitely changed his ways, right?
1: He totally changed, you know, he, he's still brass, I guess, you know, <laughs> he, he's still that guy, um, but he's not about himself anymore. And I think that that's the key. You're walking in ego. You're about you. And that's the hardest thing about being in this human state is we make it about us and Mm -hmm. we don't even know we're doing it. And so when you, what I've noticed, um, when you, you enter this, this process of coming close to death, you really see the, the, the vastness, the expanse of the universe in our relationship to it. And then you come back in the body, and all of a sudden it's not just you anymore. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it's it's like I think every once in a while we get a chance to check in on that other side real quick. Yeah, and it's it's not a permanent, you know, uh, move. It's just a quick visit. And uh, sometimes uh, there's different ways of, of getting there. You know, I, I think just just like the ancient uh, knowledge of, of of sound and frequency can can get you somewhere speaking of that yeah that was that kind of sounded like a meditating horn of some lord was that you
1: oh i could be all spooky and say ooh, like, real. but you I lived, know what it is i live yeah. by i live by an airport <laughs> and for some reason there was a plane flying by and normally i would edit that out but i think i'm gonna leave that in there because it was kind of funny yeah, <laughs> but yeah. that was weird because it like right at the right time
2: and you know isn't it interesting the people and the circumstances that are selected when this happens and how people
1: talk about it right yeah sometimes sometimes people have um, i have a friend of mine i haven't spoken to him in years back in the my back in my my rock and roll days when I was in a band and all kinds of stuff. And this person was living, living the rock and roll life
2: yeah.
1: and uh, overdosed on something. And um, I'm not clear what it was because I don't remember if it was the H or the whatever. I don't know what it was he, he overdosed on, but he, he overdosed. And, and he used to correct me all the time because I'm like, you didn't overdose. He says, oh, I overdosed. I was lucky enough I made it back. So he would always correct me and say, When you talk about it, I overdosed. That's what happened. And he stopped doing drugs, by the way. He became a born again Christian. He was just really intense. But he, um, he died. We did CPR on this guy. It was just like, In the movies, it was like, this guy is going to die. We're like in this hotel room with beer and stuff all over the place. And we're like, we're going to have to call the paramedics. And we look like, you know, the Doors movie. What are they going to do to us? And um, we did CPR on him. We couldn't find a pulse. He was gone. We continued. And before they got there, the paramedics got there. He came back. And when he came back, he didn't say nothing. He just sat there kind of in a daze. He didn't say anything. And so I'm like, are you okay? And he would just nod or shake his head. He didn't say anything. And the paramedics came, they took him to the hospital. Um, we, we got our, our lectures from the cops about living a good life. And yeah. um, we would go see him in the hospital. And I've been in metaphysics for a long time. Everybody that knew me got to, got to hear my story. So, when we were leaving them, he said, Hey man, can you stay for a minute? And I'm like, sure. And that's when he told me what happened. And in his story, he um try to remember everything. He he went, he was in a room, then he was greeted by a relative, taken to another place where other relatives were and they were preparing him. And I think he said it like his great-grandmother came up. He's like, it's not your time. Why are you here? You have to go back. You have work to do. And everybody said, it's not his time. Oh, it's not. Well, I'm sorry. Let's take you back. And he's like, what do you mean? My life's jacked. I might as well stay here. I, I can't do anything for anybody. And in his memory, it was Jesus he saw. That So you have a lot of work yet still to do. And then he woke up on the Florida hotel and that's when he changed his life and went down a different path and the path he was on his way down.
0: He changed that timeline for sure.
1: And for me, it's like, is that how they always do it? Are we that knucklehead a species that we can't just get up and say, you know what? I think I'm gonna go. We have to go through that to get there sometimes, or... Is it the impact that that person has on the lives of people? Because now, Mike, if that guy runs into another young person who's on that path, he has a conversation he can have with them. Big time. Right? Yeah. So it's like being chosen, like you've been chosen.
0: Or that was part of the contract.
1: Yep. That was part of the contract. That's a whole conversation, too. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that that impact me there's so many stories of 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 um near death that are just so um
2: profound
0: well for them to say it's not your time is suggesting they already know the plan like you know when we talk about the akashic records you know we had a show on that um the information that's within that realm when you tap into that realm um it's, it, it might very well be the, the same realm, par- well, part of the same realm.
1: That's what they say, right? They say that you, you come to the world, you have a plan, right? Right. I'm going to come in on this day and this year, and this is when it's going to happen. And then I'm going to depart over there. That's when that's going to happen. And then you come into the body and you, you forget all of that. And you don't know that when you walk out on that day, that that your last day on the earth, you don't know that, but in your soul, you do. And all the people around you that were in spirit that are part of your path, I guess they do too, because to your point, they, they would have to, if they're looking at you, it's like, you're not, it's not time.
0: Right. And, and, right. And, and and like you said, in, in that one man's experience, you know, there was a lot of the family, they were, They just thought it was time and they were preparing and, and, you know, it looked like he was being processed in in a sense, you know, and then grandma was the only one that stepped in and, and said, it's not, what are you doing here? Like, she, like, she already seen the, yeah. you know, that's mom right there. Yeah, she, grandma she, says she, go. <laughs> she, <laughs> apparently grandma knew, you know, that it, it really wasn't time, and, you know, everyone else in the family was like, oops, you know, sorry, well, oh, gosh, okay, well, you know, let's, <laughs> next. Well,
1: well, you said something, too, a little while ago, I want to make sure before we run out of time, because we do run out of time, because we get to go in, because I want to touch on it because I think it's such an interesting part of the conversation. There are a lot of people out there, um, you know, the naysayers, the skeptics that don't necessarily believe that near-death experiences happen. Like this is just a chemical reaction in your brain to the process and the synapses in your brain breaking down as you're departing. And it just so happens that the work that we did to save your life worked and we got you back in. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah that's you know to see it on paper scientifically explained here we go again with the whole paranormal pse- pseudoscience you know
1: pseudoscience, science science we got to
0: give ourselves more credit you know there, there's a lot well, more going on in our heads right uh, and this thing this noggin this brain is so uh
1: there's so much about it that we don't know right So much about it that we don't know, and you know, I I love the dreams. We got to do that one day, the dream conversation, because some people are like, "Oh, dreams mean all this things." Other people is this just your brain does when you're asleep, right? Stop talking about it. But what is it? How do we know?
0: Is it our, you know, the the stuff in the subconscious that you know actually goes? Okay, finally, I'm I'm at this. You know, he finally put his body to rest and stopped worrying about what flip flops he's going to buy, or you know what, you know this or that is popular right now.
1: Right, and then you know, so you know, you have the near death experience. So that you have the situation, Mike, where he's like, you go and you're like get back in that body, and you come back. And you know, why doesn't it happen for any for just anybody? I remember when my brother Mike passed away; um, he was in the hospital, and he wasn't in a an induced coma and he, he wasn't going to come out and i remember sitting there crying begging him not to go and he tears coming down his eyes never forget that tears coming down his eyes and they told us talk to him because he can hear you that's what they say to the to, to families when their family their loved one is is yes. departing and they're in it so he can um he can hear you and um I was like, you can't leave, you know, blah, 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 all the dramatic because I'm a drama queen and the tears. And so the, the, the what was real for me as a metaphysician coming out of that after I processed my grief was he knew it wasn't t- he couldn't come back. And that the hurt and the pain that he felt for me, his human process was processing. He yeah. couldn't even speak to me. He couldn't take my hand. He couldn't hold me. He couldn't say anything because he was in this unconscious, conscious
2: state. So it's like, he knew he couldn't come back. But my friend didn't know
1: and didn't want to come back. Did he yeah. want
2: to,
1: He didn't want, he wanted to stay over there with all his family. For He's like, why go back over there? My life is jacked. I'm a drug addict. I play drums for a stupid band. I'm like nothing. Here, I'm with them. Look
2: at all this love. And so it's like, do, you, do are there people that make it back when they were supposed to go? Do you think? The wow. same
1: scenario. So it's right. like you get there and somebody says, You're not supposed to be here, go back. But you get there and you're like, screw this.
0: And then, yeah. Go back. Is that what causes a lot of uh spirits to 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 be stuck or attached to well that's you know, that's, yeah. you know
1: the, the the whole ghost haunting thing? That's a, that's that that's an interesting conversation, but I mean back into the body. Like can yeah, right? can you come back?
0: Is there another way to be on the other side without going back towards source? You know, maybe you can just hang out like what you're stuck. It? I don't want to go. Never mind. Yeah. I don't want to go in that Do cold that. body, you know, Do that. That. I don't
1: want to, I don't want to depart. I changed my mind. You're telling me it's time. I'm saying it's not. Is that possible?
0: Right. Can I, I cancel my contract right here? I, I've I'm have
1: i going to go back. So I'm not, I, I'm not interested today in passing across the veil. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming. no. Can we? Do, can, can you
2: change it yourself? That? Yeah.
1: Can you do that? um My teachings tell me no, but how do I know? I don't know. I'm like you. I'm a I'm a human being sitting here on this side of the conversation, right? I don't yeah. know what's on the other side of the conversation. I won't know until I go there, right?
0: Yeah. Until we check in.
1: Yeah. So that 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 sat for me after I lost my brother because you know if he could have bargained or could have um changed things even if just for a little bit of time do we have the ability do some people have that strength in whatever part of your process that would be you know what holds the spirit in
2: the body what holds your essence in there what keeps you from just going away when you go to sleep at night
0: oh wow It's it's this motor, it's this vehicle we have, you know, with this heart pumping, and this blood going through these veins, you know. Like I say, that it's this advanced technology, man. This this is it. We're we're in it. They found a way to encapsulate our spirit in a physical form, and this is what it looks like, and this is what it feels like, and we can either choose to. Yep. To, to be healthy and live, live the, the, the good life and, and going towards our higher self. Or we can just get trapped, which a lot of us do in this cruel, cold world, you know, of uh, of programs and pre-programming and desensitizing all in order to serve uh, someone that has no interest in your well-being, really. Um, wow. Different strokes for different folks, different strokes for, sure. for different, uh, spirits. Sure. I, I, if, you know, if, I believe if, if your heart is screaming at the moment of death that, that, that this, that you don't want it, you know, maybe you can change it on the fly. If, if the energy is, is, is hitting that peak just right. But I think the contracts are very powerful.
2: I think, and, no, I think
1: they are too. And I, I think that, um, Look, the, for me, it's really simple, and you know, I I try to put it simple. I'm getting older; simple is easier to put my head my hands around than complicated. Um, and everybody should everybody has a worthiness about them to be their best representative of who they are, whatever that means. If you want to be a guru, if you want to be a golf instructor if you wanna work as a cashier at the Walmart, it's not for me to judge who you are. It's not for anybody to judge who you are. Are you, are you your happiest? Are you contributing the best you that you can possibly contribute? Everybody deserves to do that. Everybody deserves to do that. And that should be the reason why we're here. And if you think about how much time we have, it's finite, right? it's fine we only have this little bit in, in the grand scale of things this is how much time we have on this planet
2: yes so why not just be in a space of joy and i think that that's the point learn
1: the lessons and continue to grow and develop whatever that means for you and then it was time to go it's time to go, but it's not like at work. You're like, oh, it's time to go. You clock out and you go. We don't actually have a conversation about knowing for the most part when it's time to go.
0: Yeah. That takes the fun out of it for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For all of us. It's school. It's school. It's school for our soul. You know,
1: it is school for our soul. That's how I look at it too. It's powerful. And it's not, it's not a heavy subject. If you think about it, I think that if everybody just gave this concept of thought for a moment you know if we all had that near-death experience and i i'm good you know i don't need one today right but um if we had the opportunity to to really consider what it would be like to not be here would we be different tomorrow we would have to and i i invite people to consider just doing that just be different tomorrow don't force yourself into the trauma yeah. of, near, of near death to yeah. make the change you need to make to be the best you possible
2: if we do that they won't have to die
0: right someone we else just, has already done that done that track work there
1: somebody else has done the track work
0: now we're talking faith you know just having faith and trusting you know that that uh so they experience them themselves, you know, a lot of people won't, won't go that, go there with it. You know?
1: you know, faith in and of itself is, is, is an amazing topic. And we, we should definitely talk about that sometime because it's the, it's the fabric. I used to think, I used to say faith was the thread, but it's not, to me, it's the fabric because it's, there goes the plane again.
2: The plane, the plane, boss.
1: The plane, yes, the plane. It's the fabric that that keeps the entire kind of outfit that is life from falling apart. And if you if you don't have faith in something, you don't have to believe what I believe. But if you don't have faith in something, then you are wearing the emperor's new clothes. Right?
0: Ah, right. You're part of the problem
1: you're wearing the emperor's new clothes. You're just walking around naked. You don't even know it. And so for me, you know, you've got to believe in something because if you believe in something, you're not afraid. What are you afraid of? You're afraid that you're not going to die before your wife and she's going to be alone. I get that. That's why you're the best person you can be because the time you have together is magnificent. Somebody's going to go first. So why can't you enjoy the time you have together? you finish everything you have to do. So you don't have regrets. So you don't have to be afraid of regrets. So, you know, do all the things to make your life as magnificent for you as you possibly can in an unselfish, loving way so that you're contributing because you've got to contribute to, to society. And I don't mean yeah. you've got to be a cop. You can volunteer at the local, what have you, whatever your, your, your charity of choice is, and live. And then you are
2: no longer wearing the emperor's new clothes that's how i look at it i like that thank you
1: that's my speech thank you for (laughs) thank you for listening to my ted talk today
0: (laughs) It, it makes me believe that there is angels out there that are looking after us and you know there's there's moments uh that that happen to us that we don't give a second thought you know uh, we're driving down the freeway, and you look in the rearview mirror, and it's there's a car that's just flying, and they're not paying attention, and they're about to ram right into the back of your car, and you see it. It's about to happen, and you just kind of like hold your breath, and like it's too late to do anything, and then all of a sudden that car just barely misses you and passes, and you feel the – Yes. And, you know, like that literally what I just described, you know, happened to me one day just driving home from work. And I didn't really, you know, whiplash is a huge thing. You know, someone hits you from right. the back. You know, I always think if they hit you from the back, you know, that's got to be better from, you know, than the head on. Like, no, you know, that could have been a life changer for me. You know, just that moment that I didn't even think of to share until now. But that makes me think that these angels are intervening at moments right before something dramatic happens. Sometimes within the moment of the stages of levels like you were describing earlier, their job, these messengers, these angels, they're telling us something. They're telling us that there's more work to do, and that's telling me that they see the future and there's, we should be proud and excited. Like, wow, I wonder what it's going to be. What, why, what, what, what is my job? Why, what's so important for me to not go yet? That's exciting in itself. You just keep falling in that gut and you keep getting these little synchronicities that are saying, just keep going, just keep going. Just, and then we'll find it, out. I think we will find out.
1: You will find out. And, and, you know, I, I concur. I feel like If you are aware and you are conscious and you can catch these signals, it's like you have people around you in every kind of um, existence, angels and masters and guides and and ancestors, they're trying to tell you something. When you're walking down, there's like a comedy move. They're like, hey, hey, Mike, I'm trying to tell you something. And we don't see them and we don't hear them. So they try to point at stuff, and we don't see them, we don't hear them. We're like the little monkeys: speak no evil, see no evil, hear no. We don't nothing. Eventually, if the if the message is powerful, they'll knock you down to get you to see the message. Yes. And I could tell you from experience, you do not want to get knocked down. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Getting Learn the signs.
0: Down. Learn the signs. Learn the
1: signs, baby. Learn to be conscious because getting knocked down. Is a harrowing experience. And do you want to go through the recovery from the knockdown and being knocked
2: down can look like anything. And for some people, it's a near death experience. Yeah. And you know, what is it? He called it. It wasn't a near life. He called it. My friend had a term for it because he didn't
1: like near death. Okay. And I can't remember to find this young man. It's been a long time. Um' it's something like relife or relive. um it reminded me of Logan's run. I don't remember what it was. And, and he used to speak about it like I was reborn, but he didn't like to use reborn because it sounded too much like born again, which by definition that's what he was, <laughs> but it's okay,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: but try to we try to label, rebirth, try to label everything you know how I am that's what he called it rebirth. He called it rebirth. Rebirth. Okay. Yeah. But um, my goodness, this is, this was a, this was a radical topic. This was, you know, I I would love to hear from people. If you've had a a near-death experience, if you have opinions about a near-death, you know, I would love to hear from people so they can share their thoughts because this is, um, this is a profound conversation and it is kind of heavy for some people. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about that. They want to talk about the fun stuff. But this is Paranormal Friday, and this is what we yeah. committed when we started this journey together—that we're going to talk about stuff.
0: Right. Right. There's there's a thin line between all these these things, and some of it may not sound as fun as the others, but actually, there's a lot of information in 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 you know if you really look into these near death experiences. Uh, it's just another road, another route to another awakening. It really is.
1: No, you're right. It is. You know, it's part of a it's part of that ascension conversation. Is is coming back. If you get in a second chance, how many movies have they made about the person going and then giving this the, the angels give them a second chance? And what are you
2: going to do with your second chance? Yeah. And that's and that's I think what separates the regular
1: from the people who have been chosen because the, most of the people that I've met, not all of them, most of the people that I've met that have experienced these this near death process, they've made profound decisions about their life. Whereas would they have made that decision if that hadn't happened? What would Daniel Brinkley have done with his life if he hadn't been struck by lightning three times?
0: Yeah. Take more chances. uh, Take, you know, take less regret with you. I think, you know, that was that that was one of the biggest ones that from what I gather is when people are in this state, you know, they're not wishing that they would have worked harder or or made more money. It was the more simple, basic things like quality time with their loved ones. and, And that's when they finally get to realize, you know, the real important things. And, and then how painful regret is like, I, yes. I really wish I would have, you know, spent more quality time with my friends and family instead of working on my ego or, you know, that whole ego thing too. I'm, I'm still learning about that too. I'm sure I'm full of it. And I don't realize it. Like you were speaking of earlier, you know, that's the, a tough
2: ego, one.
1: the ego is tough because it's who we are. We we are conditioned mm-hmm. to, to, to survive. It's a survival technique. It's like. If I'm alive and I'm okay, then I can help take care of my family. I can do this. I can do that. So it's like, what do they say in the airplane when they're giving you the speech? Put your mask on yourself first and then put your mask on the person. Yes.
0: First,
1: right? So yes. it's about us. Me, 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 me. That's what, that's what it's about. And if you listen to your friends or listen to, even to the radios, like I don't listen to the radio music shows anymore because I'm in a rock and roll. I, I listen to music because all the morning shows are just like the dog pound now, right yep. And yeah. it's just this wild crazy stuff. that's what people want to hear. I'm not mad at them but the things that they're doing are, are in ego And the more that we're in ego, the less we have um, the right kind of filters. We don't have an appropriateness filter anymore. We're just in people's face. we're in people's business. we you know we're so um, so just, different. And we, and we grow different and different every day. You know, if we could just take one day, whereas I'm not going to think about me today. I'm going to think about everybody, but me, how would that conversation look? how would that day look? You can't do anything about you today. How would that look?
0: Wow. One day picking one day, you know, that sounds simple enough, but that in itself is a challenge. It really is. I, you know, I've thought that to myself for, for other things. Silly things, uh, things that I'm working on. Yeah. Hey, Mike, just pick one day. You know, there's seven days in a week.
1: Three hundred. You know,
0: yeah, end. yeah. We can go on and on. We could. Yep. It's a numbers game. Yep. Can't you just pick one, one just, day, and see how you feel? Yeah. Just, and that in itself
1: is tough. It is so tough. I mean, think about what it would look like. You have to get up. Your spouse gets up. You have to let your spouse get coffee first.
0: Okay, for an example. All right. No
1: matter how slow they're moving or what they're doing. Oh. <laughs> when you go into the bathroom to do your morning routine, you have to stop and let your spouse go in. Being a woman, I know how that could be because our bathroom time is way different from our husband's bathroom time. <laughs> right. Everything you do will have to be about somebody else. Wow. Just thinking about it kind of makes people oh no man can we have some rules about this non-ego day which in and of itself is ego
0: see that's what makes it so tough yeah (laughs) everywhere you turn you're like but that's a version of yeah yeah. (laughs) but you know i have to go to the bathroom
1: what if i have to go to the bathroom how many times did you just say i yes right and so the one thing though know, we've digressed a little bit so i'm going to circle back and kind of put it back together though the one time when you're not an ego is when you're sitting here in this duality of being in spirit and being in human when you have this near death experience and the
2: person says to you it's not your time go back and you say yes because you're not an ego right yeah
0: it's an, and, under, it's an understanding right there on the spot
2: and then you come
1: back and for a lot of them they bring that that
2: consciousness back with them and carry it through the remainder of their experience where you at Mike where you at <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's something, you know, and and just imagine all the people that don't share that, but it's definitely a, you know, something to share, so others can, can learn. Um, That's awesome. Some people don't, don't share half, half the things that they experience, you know.
1: No, they don't. So I'm looking at the clock, like I always have to do, because I'm the keeper of the clock which is a really sucky job just so you guys know being the keeper of the clock is no fun but <laughs> we're coming to an end and this was a really good talk this was so um significant you know every once in a while we have a, a program that's like really significant as compared to just kind of fun and this one is significant it, it made me think and i hope it made people who are listening to it think
0: yeah, for sure. I it like I said it's it sounds so dramatic, yet it's so simple. And and we put a lighter message on it hopefully. Uh, you know, to the people that are, you know, worried about it all the time. I mean, it's natural to to maybe worry about it, but to fear it is just a waste of time and it's a distraction. Um and you can, you know, just take it from the people that have came real close. Yes. You know? Take yeah. it from them it's it's worth your your while to to do things like like you were speaking of and and give someone else put someone else above you for a day and and see how that makes you feel that might become pretty addicting, I would imagine.
1: yeah, wow. well, another paranormal Friday in the bank this was yeah. a this was a good session. I have a lot of stuff to think about as I, you know, continue my journey. And I'm grateful to to be here to be able to have this dialogue. So if you guys have anything to share, please comment, you know, reach out to us and let us know. We are happy to hear your stories and let us know if you want us to talk about anything in particular. Yeah. Because we want to talk about what you want to talk about.
0: Right, Mike? Yeah, play with us. Come on.
1: Oh yeah, let's play. Come out and play. Oh, I like <laughs> that. I like that. That's a good place to end. Well, we'll see you guys next week.
2: All Thank right. Y'all.
1: Bye Bye-bye. Have bye bye bye. Bye.